0: Welcome to episode 5 of Retrospection. My name's Colin and I'm in New York. And I'm Paul and I'm in the UK. And in each podcast we take a look at a specific film or TV show from the past and see if it was better back then or whether it's just naughty nostalgia playing tricks with us. In this podcast we're going to take a look at Glen A. Larson's short-lived sci-fi series Book Rogers in the 25th Century. But before we do, do you have any retro news or interesting items that you've picked up along the way? Well,
1: um... This morning, actually, I'm, I picked up three more additions to my annual collection. Oh, how many is that in total now? I've
0: lost count now. I've no idea. Oh, that's when you know it's a serious collection when you can't remember how many you've got.
1: They take up space. That's all I know.
0: <laughs> you have to build shelves
1: for them. There's shelves. There's shelvage going on and, and space being taken up. Yeah, but they're pretty thin, right? They're not that big. Well, you say that, but you know, you get enough of them together.
0: Yeah, that's true. So which ones did you get this time?
1: I got um, a 1981 looking annual. It was actually a nice one because it, it's one that I actually remember having as a kid. That is nice. I was flicking through it with my son, my son's six, trying to explain to him. Um, there, were, there were articles in there about things like Hawk the Slayer. You like that film, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: i sure that's one we'll probably look at at some point. I was
1: going to say, I'm sure it'll turn up at some point. And Wurzel Gummidge, and trying to explain to him what Wurzel Gummidge was, was just... <laughs> Something in itself, you know. It was.
0: It's a scarecrow comes to life
1: who can change his head. Yeah, but he didn't know what a scarecrow was. I had to explain oh. what a scarecrow was. How? Oh. Wow, they don't. Wait, they don't use
0: scarecrows anymore?
1: Well, if they do, he's not aware of it, so. No, I guess not. <laughs>
0: it's bizarre, isn't it? I never really thought of that before, yeah. yeah. It never
1: occurred to me. And then he me. asked me who Aunt Sally was, and that was. Yeah, yeah,
0: that, that's got to be... I mean, even when I was a kid, I wasn't really sure.
1: Yeah, she's, um... I mean, did
0: you actually see an Aunt Sally in real life? It was
1: Una, wasn't it? Una Stubbs?
0: It was Una Stubbs, but an Aunt Sally was, wasn't it? It was oh, some kind of circa the actual thing.
1: Yeah, I would have thought, would have thought it? it was at one point, yeah. So, and the other two? And the other two were um, two space 1999 annuals, one from 1977 and the other one from 1978.
0: Uh, do you think that that must be all of them, right? Or where them
1: are? I've no idea. I, I I haven't come across any Space Nineteen Ninety Nine annuals at all. In in and I've looked. Right. So this is the first I've come across. So.
0: Those, those I'd like to have because I like that show. Well, I like the first season.
1: It's funny you should say because I think the 77 annual is mostly based around the first season. But the, the giveaway for the second annual, the 78 one, is the fact that there's lots of pictures of uh, the shape-shifting character in there. Right. Um, and there's none of that in the, in, in the annual before. So maybe you're right. Maybe there were only two. and And then... That was it you know so but they're in really they're in really really good condition whoever had these didn't know what they had so or they've been well looked after you know
0: right and then the the usual uh comic strips quizzes and short stories
1: yeah comic strips um fact fact pages on you know very basic stuff because it's obviously written for kids but it's interesting and it's it's kind of a, a little window i like them because it's a window into a time that doesn't really exist anymore you know Kids, kids don't have anything like that anymore, you know. That's true.
0: And what was in the looking one? Apart from Wurzel Gummidge and the, what else did you mention? Uh,
1: Wurzel Gummidge, um, funnily enough, Buck Rogers, actually. Oh, okay, really? Oh, that's convenient. Yeah, 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 it is indeed. Daley Thompson. <laughs> oh, wow. Remember him? Yeah, I mean, he <laughs> was a huge
0: star, like, athlete-wise. I mean, the of video games. Uh, Daley Thompson
1: was the that's right. Oh. Yeah, and um, you know, pop star stuff like Adamant and uh, the Police. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it actually says in the Police um, article, uh, this band have taken the world by storm over the last couple of years. So, so when this was this annual came out, they'd only been around for a couple of years. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's just a, a nice little window into a time that that's gone now. You know, for us right, in particular. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So what have you been up to then?
0: Uh, I recently went to the Starfleet Academy Experience, which is, was in the USS Intrepid Museum in New York. So it was, it was pretty interesting. They gave you a wristband that uh, connected with different terminals in the museum, and there was quizzes about uh, questions on navigation, command, and it worked out what position you would be suitable if you were on uh, the Enterprise. So that was good. And then they had different areas, like it was split into sick bay.
1: What, what did you get? Janitor?
0: <laughs>
1: no, I, I got command. Really? Yeah, really. Command of what? The Enterprise. Not the toilets? No. The Enterprise. <laughs> they gave you command of the Enterprise? Okay. Well, the
0: command of a starship.
1: Starfleet's fallen on hard times, obviously. Yeah, scraping the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> so was it, was it was it immersive? Was it fun? or it was
0: okay. Some of the uh, terminals didn't work and it, w- it was all right. It was really short though. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I didn't have to pay full price. Um, but, that's uh, always
1: a bonus, so, that's always a bonus. Yeah,
0: but the nice the one thing I didn't enjoy was they had a recreation of the bridge of the Enterprise from Star Trek The Next Generation. A couple of extra seats in it because what they'd done was you could sit down in a seat and you could take part in the Kobayashi Maru test.
1: Did you save the ship? Let's just say
0: I saved a certain number of people from the ship that you had to rescue, and we'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> I got them from their ship to my ship.
1: See, what you should have done is reprogram the system so yes. that it was possible to rescue the ship. That's what you should have done.
0: Unfortunately, those skills were not available to uh, me. Same. So it was okay. And then there's another section where they have the actual enterprise space shuttle which is the one that never went into space it was the first one that was built mm-hmm. and was used for testing uh, and next to that they had a mock-up of the Galileo which is the shuttle from the USS Enterprise that was pretty cool I didn't know the space shuttle was that big it's huge it's massive wow it's big wow so yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was pretty nice seeing it
1: oh cool Oh, that sounds like a good time.
0: Yeah, and they had this, uh, you know how they do displays of merchandise that came out when everyone was talking about the Enterprise and Space Shuttle mm-hmm. and everything was cool? So probably late 70s, early 80s, and they had this set which was made by Buddy L, which used to really amuse me as a kid, that, that name, <laughs> for obvious British reasons. Oh, Buddy L. That's what I used to do as a kid. <laughs> Be like, oh, Buddy L, getting <laughs> just getting the toys. But um, it has a helicopter, a little shuttle, a truck that the shuttle sits on, and a Jeep. And I used to have them as a kid, so it was kind of weird seeing them in this display case Mm -hmm. as a a part of history. I felt like I could remember how it felt pulling them out of the polystyrene. I bet you really wanted to do that again, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I wanted to take the lid off and and then just...
1: Push the Jeep along. Be create what it felt like. But it didn't. Yeah.
0: You know, because I would have
1: been arrested and thrown out of the museum. <laughs> Do you I think, the argument. Oh, I used to have these as a kid. I'm just, you know, I'll put them back afterwards. <laughs> I, it's a
0: good job there was nobody there that was working there because I would have been like, hey, 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 I used yeah. to have those as a kid. And they would have been like, okay, so what?
1: Of course you did, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Move along. <laughs> So, was this so? Was the exhibition would you say it was aimed at Trek fans or just the general public?
0: I think it was aimed at Trek fans. I would really like to know whether other people were disappointed by mm-hmm. it um, because I know that they did one in Las Vegas, but it was massive. They recreated Quarks Bar and all sorts of things, and this was really small. I think it took me about 25 minutes, half an hour to get through the whole thing, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. if you'd paid $35 for would probably be a bit disappointing
1: and I presume you couldn't go around again
0: well you could go to the end and then go back to the beginning which is what I did anyway I just wandered around a few times so you
1: you weren't limited as to how long you could spend in there then?
0: technically you were supposed to be like the ticket had a time on it and you had a certain amount of time that you were in but I just kept wandering around no one said anything Mm -hmm. how would they know well exactly Well
1: it's a shame but but I suppose still you know for Trek fans to get to to sit on the bridge of the Enterprise and all that kind of stuff it's you know yeah when, when are you going to get to do that, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, when I take command, obviously. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> there's more likely that Trump will be president. Oh, you say that now,
0: but you realize by the time this podcast actually airs, we will be in Trumpyverse.
1: <laughs> that is true. Um I I I um, I'm I'm going to stake my reputation on the fact that he won't be president can you can you just say he will be just say okay it. It, uh, for purposes of editing i always knew he was going to be president it was a, it was a sure, foregone conclusion it was a sure thing beautiful and then we'll just cut the other absolutely one yeah you do your magic ah. do your magic <laughs> thank you <laughs>
0: <laughs> well should we uh move into a tv show that we're going to talk about yes
1: i think we should So
0: we're going to take a look at Book Rogers in the 25th century. Book Rogers is an American science fiction series created by Glenn A. Larson, and it ran for two seasons, that's all, from 1979 to 1981. And it's about, obviously, Book Rogers, who was character created in 1928. By Philip Francis Nolan, and it already had been in comic strips, novellas, and was in a serial film as well. So it's pretty well established by this point.
1: And all it took was Glenn A. Larson to uh, shit screw all over it. Up and kill, yeah. it
0: for, <laughs> kill it forever. <laughs>
1: yeah, because there's never been anything
0: since, right? Not since. Maybe co- comic books, maybe? But that's it right
1: that's very true i mean even flash gordon had a short-lived uh, tv series in the early 2000s i think it was
0: i wonder if anyone's thinking about bringing this back everything else from the 80s has come back
1: yeah but then again i suppose technically but rogers isn't from the 80s is it really no it's from the 20s yeah right. so it's just we remember this version because we grew up with it you know but right but i mean who could you better this
0: <laughs> oh oh <laughs> where do we start <laughs> so the pilot episode was actually released as a theatrical film and that's the version we watched yeah right? i
1: think i saw it in the cinema as well really
0: i didn't mm-hmm. so you were a big fan of this when you were a kid
1: oh absolutely i had the toys and everything oh you did
0: you had uh... yeah
1: i had the starfighters. i had a uh 18 inch <laughs> you, better go, you better go somewhere with this. <laughs> I was thinking of how to put it. Mrs. an 18-inch uh, figure of Buck, like a kind of doll.
0: Oh, really? When you were a kid? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay.
1: And I also had the Starfighters and the Draconian ships and little figures to go with it as well.
0: I had a die-cast uh, fighter. I actually still have it somewhere. Really? Uh, the one that, Yeah, the one that I had from when I was a oh, kid. It, I thought it was on a shelf, but I think it's still in a in a box. Do the wings still work?
1: No. no they, they, they broke after about a day of playing with them, usually.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, they're stuck halfway out and halfway That's in. That's the one.
1: That's what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And so I, I have that. And I had, I don't know why, but I added to Cronia a plastic... Raconian ship um, I don't know what set that was from I must have had a plastic stairfighter as mm-hmm. well but they're gone long gone so I was a fan of it as mm-hmm. well as a, as a kid so I suppose we should start off with the pilot episode or the theatrical version which was called Awakening mm-hmm. and it begins with a narration that sets up who Buck Rogers is
1: and it's a slightly um, longer narration than what we get later in the TV series isn't it
0: Right. This one talks about um, how it's set in, well, I guess it was set in the future of 1987. <laughs> Things were so different then.
1: So you think if this was made in 1979. Um, you'd think you'd have set yeah. it slightly further ahead, wouldn't you? Yeah. You know, maybe they were just, you know, ambitious. Maybe they thought, yeah, we will be doing this in 10 years. I think, yeah, because
0: don't forget the Space Shuttle program started around that time as mm-hmm. well. And his ship looks like a small Space yeah, Shuttle. Yeah, it does, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess they thought that this would be the continuation of that program.
1: Mm-hmm. Ranger 3, it's called, isn't it? Only, they
0: send him into space on his own. <laughs> that seems like a really bad idea. Like You don't even pilot a plane on your own usually you have someone else with you why would you send someone into space on their own
1: maybe.
0: was book really
1: unpopular that's what i was thinking maybe this guy got it made when he woke up in the 25th century you know everyone hated him in his own time in the 25th century he's king of the hill isn't he
0: <laughs> yeah no i said hey did you ever wonder why they sent you on your own into space <laughs> and he gets frozen doesn't he by cosmic forces cosmic forces beyond all comprehension that's right and then is affected by gases that are beyond imagination. <laughs>
1: Where are these gases coming from? It's, be, well, it's hey, beyond your imagination, maybe, isn't it? So.
0: Maybe he had a kebab before he oh. took off. <laughs> he does got. He, does, he knows what is. Well, do he does space. got a funny colour. That's true. Yeah. That's true. It becomes frozen, uh, cryogenically.
1: So then, so then we get the credit sequence for the movie. Shall we talk about the credit sequence? How can you not? It's totally bizarre. It's a great sequence that they don't
0: use in the TV series. They should have done. Actually, I didn't mention who the actors and actresses are. Yeah, I I think you should. Okay, so it stars Gil Gerard.
1: I always say Gerard. Gil Gerard? It could be Gil Gil Gerard, I suppose. All right, so it's Gil Gerard, Gerard. I'll go with,
0: as Buck Rogers. Erin Gray as Colonel Mm -hmm. Wilma Deering. And Pamela Hensley as Princess Adala, uh, and later on it features Wilfred Hyde White in the second season. But we'll have to talk about that outers because that's so different that it's almost like it's a different TV show. Absolutely, Mel Blanc plays the voice of Tweety mm-hmm. in the first
1: season. Yeah, we'll get to that. I'm not sure what happens in the second season. I, I think I think this credit sequence is very um, it's very Bond esque, don't you think?
0: Yes, it is. So we have a now. We have a group of women. One of them is Erin Gray, right? Mm-hmm. And one of them seems to be Pamela Hensley. Mm-hmm. And then there is a woman with
1: glasses. She looks like she stepped straight out of Studio 54, doesn't she, this woman?
0: Yes, and she's not in the series at all. So I no. have no idea where she comes from.
1: And she gives him a bit of a snog while he's asleep.
0: He's asleep, they're kissing, and then a camera runs around the ladies as they're laying and posing over a silhouette of his name on the floor.
1: i Um, forgot about that yeah (laughs) yeah, and the music has lyrics at this point. yes it's 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 actually a song called suspension and it's by kip lennon it's catchy though it is very catchy yeah there is a version of it on spotify if anyone's interested you can you can oh it's not, it's not it's not it's not the version it's a version Oh, okay. So that happens, and then
0: it leads into Buck flying... Well, he's not flying, floating through space, and then he's seen by a draconian cruiser.
1: In a very Star Wars moment, isn't it? Yeah, because it, it shows how
0: big the cruiser is. But
1: do you think that, they, that Glenn A. Larson, who we've talked about before, is notoriously renowned for cheapness, seems to have spent a little bit more money on, on this movie? because Maybe because it was going to be a movie? Yeah, Maybe because this this actually came in the theaters a whole year before the actual show started apparently so he obviously wanted it to look half decent
0: yeah i guess so i mean he still managed to use battlestar galactica costumes and sets
1: oh yeah later on in the show yes yeah Yeah. but for this for this one movie alone he he obviously wanted it to look pretty much decent i think and it does i I think
0: I, i think it does too i think there's some nice effects Mm-hmm. Uh, for the time, so the Draconian ship turns up, and they take Buckabard. I forgot the name of the Adela's
1: Killer Kane.
0: Wait, it's actually named Killer Kane.
1: Yeah, Killer Killer Kane. Yeah, there's a there's okay. a bloke in it called Tiger Man. What do you want from this? Yeah, that is true. And then later on, later on in one of the other episodes we're going to talk about, we get Panther Man. Right, and the names of characters are pretty on the
0: nose in this show. <laughs> There's no subtlety whatsoever. Um, So Killer Kane tells Adala about Buck and her reaction is weird. She seems like she's flirting with the guy even though he's not there before she's even met him. And she's interested in him but as this kind of conquest.
1: Well, she's clearly up for it, isn't she? I mean, she's up for it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I I, I do. (laughs) But it's just very odd.
0: And like he tells her, like, oh, we think he's five hundred years old, and her reaction is,
1: ooh like, like, what kind of reaction is that? Yeah, because she's she starts splashing perfume behind her ears, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's right. <laughs> and doesn't it's she like, ask? She says, "In in what condition is he preserved?" Yes, she does. Old that's or young? Part old or young?
0: That's it. Yeah, like it matters to her. Oh yeah, I mean, like she cares
1: she she's she's she gets a about i mean
0: clearly so um she meets Buck and uh, I actually like Gil Gerrard's um acting at this point he he plays the the humor very well he
1: does yeah he's good at that and he's 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 quite he's very likable i find that's exactly the word I was going to use he's
0: very likable yeah he's a good he's a good fit for this role
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah he does he and he, he certainly fits those costumes later on uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so
0: they give him some drugs to revive him
1: no to to, to try and get him to talk don't they that, that just seems to get him oh that's inc- right and incredibly just, high
0: it's like he's intoxicated
1: mm-hmm. well let's face it it was 1979 <laughs> they're were, they were all intoxicated in some way or another aren't they yes <laughs> so kane yeah kane thinks book's a spy doesn't he
0: yeah, I, I. one of the things I find with this show and the pilot episode in particular is everyone is so dumb. Yeah. It's like, if he's going to be a spy, why would they make it so outlandish? His <laughs> craft is clearly 500 years old, clearly doesn't know where he is. That's the worst kind of spy
1: in the world. And, and the fact that he doesn't do any spying is probably a giveaway. Yeah,
0: there is that, yeah. A spy blends into where he is.
1: Mm-hmm. He
0: does not stroll up going, whoo.
1: What's this? Maybe <laughs> they not they're not used to spies, you know, in the twenty fifth century. They've no concept of it. Well I mean you know, she's not used to clothes, so I mean Well, you know we were talking about Glenn A. Larson being cheap.
0: The costume budget must have been way down there.
1: <laughs> well let's face it, if you hire what what what's the actress's name? Pamela Hensley. If you hire her, I mean you're not gonna you're not gonna put clothes on her, are you? Wow kind of sexist and
0: <laughs> all opinions expressed by my co-host have nothing to do with me
1: <laughs> there's people out there that agree with me don't worry there's a lot more that probably don't <laughs> well
0: you say it I disagree we get them both on that side fair enough
1: okay so so, okay. Kay, so Kane they send him back don't they but they hide a transmitter on his, on his ship
0: they do yes um, so he flies to Earth, he thinks he's still, for some reason he's still under the idea that he's just going back to Earth and everything's normal, even though he's just met a giant ship in <laughs> Earth's orbit. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't believe it though, does he? He think it's part of his like hallucination. I think so, yeah. Okay, yeah, that, that's, I can see that, because he's just been dreaming about women converting all over him on his own name being illuminated, so anything goes at this point <laughs> for Buck. I get it. Maybe he's just a drinker. Maybe that's why they sent him out. <laughs> so, yeah, he heads to Earth. He's picked up by Earth's defenses because Earth now has a shield around it, and they have to open a tunnel up in the shield to allow mm-hmm. ships to come in. If you don't go through the tunnel, you're destroyed. Mm-hmm. So they send out Starfighters, which is led by Colonel Wilmer Deering, mm-hmm. who is played by Aaron Gray. mm mm-hmm. And she has to guide him in and they talk and there's some banter between them and Buck acts a bit like a
1: dick. but you know. <laughs> So what do you think of the design of the Starfighters? I like them. Yeah, they're cool, aren't they? Do, yeah, did you know like that them. apparently they were um, they were unused designs for the um, Vipers in Battlestar Galactica?
0: They're different enough that you wouldn't make that connection. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't look at them and go, mmm, "We just redesigned these Battlestar Galactica stuff again."
1: Yeah, but apparently, when when they were trying to decide what the Starfighters in Buck Rogers were going to look like, they dusted off these whole old designs for the for the Vipers and said, "Oh, why don't we just right. use those?" And Glen A. Larson obviously went, "That'll do for me." <laughs> yeah, that enough. <do. laughs> I,
0: I like them. I like the wings that come out because that's useful for when you're in the atmosphere.
1: Mm-hmm. It makes sense. So they fly in. They fly him in, don't they? They escort
0: him in. Yep, they land and... She she
1: tells him that he's traversing a narrow corridor. She does indeed. She does, doesn't she?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Very narrow. Corridor. Well, you
0: don't want to touch the sides, do you? So, he lands. (coughs) One of the problems with this show, I do find, is the sets are not that great. They look like something from Doctor Who at that time. The hangar, while it has some nice models of the ships that are... They look life-size. The The back of it...
1: But they don't look quite right, do they? The ship... Don't you think those Starfighter models, the, the life-size Starfighter models, don't look quite right compared to the models that you see flying? They look slightly too small and a bit squished.
0: You reckon he went cheap? I okay. think he might have gone cheap. And yeah. also, the, the background is <laughs> just black with some spotlights. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be a hanger, but then
1: again, who's going to really question what a hanger in the 25th century looks like? I suppose two jerks on a podcast. But that didn't exist in, uh, <laughs> <laughs> in 1979. <laughs> Glenn a. Larson, you'd have thought you'd have thought ahead, wouldn't you? To us, you know. Yeah, no. It's
0: supposed to be set in the future. What was he doing?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: 1987. He's responsible. So yeah, so he meets, and they think he's a spy as well. Mm-hmm. He can't win at this point. So they're kind of questioning about where he's from. So he's introduced to Dr. Hewer. He's also introduced to Tweaky and Dr. Theopolis.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Dr. Theopolis is a member of the council. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it's a disc that Tweaky carries. And Tweaky is a little droid, a humanoid shape. With
1: a penis for a head. Apparently. Well, that's what it looks like, really, isn't it? No. Go back and look at it. It looks like a penis.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dr. Hewer seems to be more on Buck's side than everybody else. And Theopolis is also on Buck's side. Yeah, but
1: Theopolis is he's a bit weird, isn't he?
0: Well, he is a disc that talks.
1: Well, he, he says... You know, weird in what he, te- way? he tells Buck what an attractive man he is. That's right, he does. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he isn't wrong Buck is yeah but you know <laughs> there's a time and a place 21st century
1: but then again maybe, maybe Buck's probably I mean, he's been frozen for a long time maybe
0: he is very attractive for a 500 year old man
1: uh, no I was implying that you know he's been frozen for a long time he'll take anything really older than... <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's got a face no it hasn't <laughs> You're suggesting that the subtext of Buck Rogers in the 21st century is an affair between Buck Rogers and Dr. Theopolis, a disc? Hey, who knows? It could be. I'm pretty sure it's not.
1: We've come up with uh, more outlandish theories in the last couple of episodes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have. One of the, one of the reasons they suspect Book is a spy is they can't confirm his story because history has been eliminated from the record books because earth went through a huge war and there was nuclear devastation destroying everything this
1: is true but they seem to forget that later on don't they uh
0: yeah yeah it's not consistent because
1: buck seems to be able to find all kinds of stuff from the 20th century to fill his apartment with and music from the 20th 20th century for him to listen to you know so of bands you've never heard so, so it's just the important stuff
0: that that they lost right that they lost Yeah. You know? book specific record absolutely that's yeah. it but book thinks um, the draconians are up to something and i think the clue is in their name <laughs> they are
1: not called the happy Hillbillies.
0: They're not, no they're certainly not they're called the draconians yeah now
1: how many people there's a one how many there. people in 1979 would have made that connection do you reckon we're not in
0: 1979 we're in the 25th century it's true it, it does look
1: a lot like 1979, I have to say. <laughs> Fashion's come around. Apparently, her styles do too. Absolutely. There's a lot of uh, Farrah Fawcett flicks going on and
0: <laughs> glossy lipstick. Yeah. You know, uh... So, Buck is shown around, even though he's under suspicion of being a spy. And this is one thing that I like about the show. It, especially the pirates the map paintings are
1: really nice oh it does look really nice and and the scene with wilmer and buck um where they're standing on the bridge in the futuristic city which is yeah. just a map painted added around them it's a really good scene i thought where he asks you know he asks her about what happened during the holocaust and stuff and i thought it was a really nice scene yeah it's good you don't um, get a lot of all... those moments later on in in the series i don't think no and unfortunately it's the same map painting that just gets reused and reused all the time well the ship goes the little the little car thing that floats goes left or right depending on what (laughs) (laughs) you're
0: depending where they flip the image yes (laughs) so buck decides to venture out of the zone of protection um outside of this zone of protection earth Mm -hmm. has been destroyed and he walks straight into escape from new york uh, exactly, yes, because there are scavengers. Uh, don't, we don't really know who these people are, but they're the people affected by radiation yeah. and who've apparently just been kicked out and abandoned by everybody else.
1: Yeah, no one's trying to help them. <laughs> no,
0: no, there's no health care system whatsoever.
1: They, they seem to buy their rags at the same place as well. They all seem to be wearing yes. identical rags. Buck goes and looks around, recognises parts
0: of Chicago. Yeah, it's Chicago, I think. Yeah, recognises parts of Chicago. And then manages somehow to find his parents' gravestone.
1: That's lucky, isn't it? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. There's obviously only one graveyard in Chicago, and it only apparently has ten people in it.
1: (laughs) Doesn't Dr. Theopolis even point out to him that he's lucky to find them because most people didn't have graves at that point?
0: Yeah, right, because they were just buried in open... In
1: pits and stuff.
0: So that went well for him. Yeah, it was brilliant. (laughs) That's why he's such a hero. (laughs) And he comes under
1: attack from the scavengers. And he does kung fu on them, doesn't he? It's the kind of kung fu late Elvis did. This is what I was going to say. Don't you think that him standing there in his white suit that he's wearing, doing his kung fu, he kind of reminds you of Elvis? Totally. He's got the build. Absolutely. He has got the build, yeah. (laughs) He should have just kicked them all off and then gone, thank you very much. Well, He's even got kind of the voice, hasn't he? The voice is very sort of... I mean, because he's from the south, isn't he? So, yeah, I've always thought he reminded me of Elvis. Yeah, I can see it now. He doesn't dance like Elvis later on, though, does he?
0: No, 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 he doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) So, he he, uh kung fu's him, and uh, just before it gets too bad, Wilma turns up with a security farce and then just kills all people because you know they don't care care about them, do
1: they? Yeah, no, not at all. And this is where there's a line that was filmed especially for the movie, where, where Buck says that she's very ballsy. Oh, and it was cut out for the TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Was any of this scene in the TV show one? Well, it,
1: the TV version is weird because there's scenes in the TV version that aren't in the in the movie, and vice versa. There's a whole bit in the in the TV version where they show Buck his new apartment and they, they show him his bed and that's not in the movie. Okay. And and it was weird when I was watching this because I remembered that scene and it never happened. And I was like, right. Oh, I'm sure there was a scene where where he, he lays on this special bed and he goes to sleep. So I looked it up and yes, it is it's in the two part TV version, but it wasn't in the movie.
0: This scene though, going out into Chicago and visiting the grave of his parents, it's a pretty dark scene for a TV show. Indeed. Yeah, it is. I remember as a kid, I wasn't scared, but I was like, oh, because they're not nice, these scavengers.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious what these mutants want to do to him. I mean... What do they want to do to him? Eat him? Eat him, other stuff, probably not in that order. Take his wig. Take his wig. (laughs) Well, there's a a good few meals there, isn't there, really, if you think about it. Yeah, there is, yeah.
0: You know. Yeah. So they take Buck and Tweaky back to... um, the headquarters i guess it's never really explained how this dome and thing works and why some people are living in this dome and some people are not and then he's going to be sentenced for being a spy
1: mm, but um because certain people certain people are on his side certain aren't people they? Are on
0: his side but also they find the communication device that was secreted on his ship to them it makes him a spy this is an and he's found guilty Oh, hold on this is another instance where I just think people are a bit dumb why would a spy have a communication device on his ship that's easily found and why why would they choose a spy again who claims to be 500 years old in a ship that draws attention to itself because it is 500 years old
1: ah ah but then you could say disprove it he says he's 500 years old he's in a ship that is 500 years old how do you prove he's not from from their perspective, of sending a, a spy in with a cover story. Okay, it just seems a lot of work. It does seem a lot of work, and and it, and it doesn't. And even if he was a spy, it doesn't work anyway because no one seems to want to listen to him anyway, right. do they? So, so Doctor
0: Theopolis speaks up on Buck's behalf and says, "Don't worry, Buck. Everything will be fine." And then he's found guilty and sentenced to death. <laughs>
1: He takes it well, though. doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he takes
0: it very well. I would be slightly annoyed because Doctor Theopolis is supposed to be one of the smartest people on the planet.
1: Well, yeah, he doesn't really. St- he doesn't really give him a much of a defensive speech, does he? Really? No, it's a lousy speech. Mm. He wouldn't. He wouldn't have passed on law and order, would he? No, he would not. Definitely not. So then Deering wants to give him a chance, doesn't she? And there's that, that weird. There's that weird flirting scene that they have. There's a couple of weird flirting scenes in this film, mm. and they don't do it again in the rest of the
0: season, no. they're kind
1: of just friends aren't they yeah
0: so she's gonna give him a chance to board the draconian ship to prove his point mm-hmm. that the uh, something strange is going on i have to laugh because the next two lines are my notes and i'm gonna read them verbatim <laughs> okay And clearly i'm writing this on an ipad while i'm watching
1: i'm ready the tab- i'm ready all
0: the tablets are available while i'm watching it. And I've got Draconian shaved their own brass band. Princess <laughs> Arden's was very little. I never forget a knuckle. Well, <laughs> <laughs> at some point, I really need to go back and also correct some of these, like, correct some of these notes.
1: Well, let's face it, you were just staring at her, weren't you? Possibly, possibly. You were just staring I at Queen th- at Amidala, weren't you?
0: My point was, is that the lack of subtlety in the show is also observed by the music because every time the draconian ship appears it's like doom music <laughs> dur, dur, dur.
1: <laughs> well the, you know they're the bad guys how, how else are you going to know they're the bad guys if they don't have bad guy music you know? It's
0: serious bad guy music. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I think at this point, Princess Adelo switched into this costume that had even less fabric than the previous one, and she does this walk, but <laughs> the camera is behind her. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know, I wrote in my notes when she walked out, I wrote, um, she seems to be wearing nothing nothing more than a moose on her head and not much else. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Buck meets her, uh, and of course he's trying to point out that he's her before. She's pretending they've never met at all. Mm-hmm. And he kisses her hand. And he, he says a great line, doesn't he? This is, I never forget a knuckle,
1: because he kisses her hand. <laughs>
0: that's where the line comes from.
1: And then he says, in a very, very suggestive way, would you like me to describe your inner chamber? Yeah, which is almost a Paul joke. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's stuck in my memory. Yeah, maybe. Did you write this? (laughs) I wouldn't be doing this if I did. That's
0: true. Yeah. (laughs) At this point, the Draconians, they become under attack from pirates. Mm -hmm. And Buck and Wilma go out to defend the Draconian ship.
1: Why don't the Draconians send their own ships out to fight off these supposed pirates? Well, because all those ships are pretending to be pirates. The question you should be asking (laughs) is why
0: don't Buck and Wilma go... Why are we the only people out here?
1: <laughs> and why are those ships in the draconian ship's hangar look a lot like those ships that are outside that are attacking us, that are pirates?
0: Oh, wait, does do they see draconian ships when they go into the hangar at that well, they, point? Well,
1: where, else, where would they be? Well, they're well, all, they
0: don't talk... No, they're all outside. <laughs> <laughs> that's how they come under attack. They're not in the ship.
1: Maybe they disguised them. What, put a few plants in front of them? Yeah, a few trees, shrubbery... <laughs> you've also got to be asking so they Buck and Deering go out with their squadron to fight off these pirates Uh why is Buck even being given a starfire at this point he's been condemned to death
0: yeah they they constantly do that they give him a starfire and then they tell him don't touch anything
1: and how does he know how to work it oh because he's a pilot you know what it is he's a spy no go no 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 think back think back what have we had in our previous two episodes that's probably in this one as well He's got a manual under the seat. Of course. Night Industries. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: (laughs) So He flips through the manual, learns how to become an ace pilot. That's it, in in five seconds. So he's like telling people what's going on and Wilma's like, stay off the airwaves. They know what they're doing, but they're all being killed. And he's telling them to not use the computers, use your own skill, your own ability. And they're ignoring him and they're getting wiped out. But Buck saves the day. Mm -hmm.
1: There's a cool shot of a barrel roll through an exploding ship quite yes. like that
0: still there's some amongst the cheapness and the uh, uh ropey effects there are some good ones
1: it's the fact that they that they thought of doing that when they did the effects right you know you know, if they're, you know they're not there's there's a bit of thought going into it clearly they could have just gone oh it just fly it just shoots that ship and it blows up and it flies away but they, someone obviously thought wouldn't it be cool if we did a barrel roll through the explosion? It's, it's definitely the kind of manoeuvre you would
0: expect him to do. It fits in with his character.
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, later in the series, they, they use the same stock footage for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I think Wilma does it but a few she, times.
0: Oh, gosh, okay. <laughs> but no, it's good. So Buck saves <laughs> the day, and then they go back to Earth, and apparently there is going to be a dance yes. recital that Princess Adala is invited to and all the draconians are invited to.
1: Best scene in the movie. And
0: um, Buck is also invited to, even though he's under sentence to death and is considered to be a spy. Yeah, well, of course. But Buck tells Tweaky that he has a headache and
1: asks for a sleeping pill, mm-hmm. which he secretes in a pocket. Let's face it, look at look at this this whole place. I mean, it looks like Studio 54. There's going to be pills everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> It's not going to be hard to come by, is it? Yeah, there's
0: some weird dancing going on, using balancing a ball on your hand and stuff.
1: Yeah, they seem to book craft work. Yes, they do. Craft work is still working in the 25th century. I knew they were robots, really.
0: <laughs> um, but Buck asks them to liven it up. He does indeed. Uh, which is funny, because, like, play some, you know, something with a beat, and they instantly seem to know what he's talking about and play some really <laughs> rocky music. And he
1: starts dancing.
0: And he's dancing with Odala and it's a good scene
1: he's getting down explain to me why it's a good scene i'm interested to know why you think it's a good scene
0: cinematography it's a historic place in cinema and pamela hensley looks rather good in it
1: she she could certainly she, she knows how to use what she's got let's let's say she does and she does it very well she does indeed yeah. yeah yeah even
0: even with a dead cow on her head even with a dead cow on her head yes and wilma gets jealous she does, she's disgusted. Even though she's already thinking this guy's a spy.
1: Well she seems to you know She she switches between the two every five seconds. But does doesn't deer doesn't Deering them um, come on to him at this point and he makes some gag about re-entry. Yes he does. Yeah. <laughs> Another Paul
0: joke. <laughs> <laughs> He's just reeling him off. <laughs> And then Adela gets shouted at by Kane, who who is kind of in charge. Well, he thinks he's in charge, doesn't he? He thinks he's in charge, totally, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Deering's come on at that point is really
1: odd. It is. It, it, it's it's completely, as you say, she's, she's going backwards and forwards between thinking he's a spy and then on his side and then thinking he's a spy again. And then suddenly yeah. she wants to jump all over him. Yeah. Maybe she's jealous, though. Could be jealous.
0: Yeah, maybe. But then we cut straight to Princess Adela returning to Draconia, and Buck's on board. He is. Did I miss something at this point?
1: Well, she obviously invited him back, didn't she?
0: Yeah, but did he know he was going to be invited back?
1: Well, I presume that's why he he asked for the pill, isn't it? Yeah, but how did he know this was going to happen? Well, maybe he just thought his natural charm would carry him the rest of the way. Yeah. Oh, he's so big-headed, this Buck. <laughs> Called, I don't like him now you don't he's not called book for nothing you know it's you yeah. know
0: Oh no no! He just he just assumed that he was going to be invited aboard. Well
1: But when he's in when he's in her bedroom with her, there's some very fruity dialogue. Oh yes, there is. Mm. I'd be interested to know how much of that's actually in the TV episode version, because I can't imagine that you know late 1970s network television would have would have passed some of this dialogue. No, real
0: professionals would have watched both and done a comparison. Uh,
1: I'm not watching it twice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so he's
1: back aboard the
0: Draconia with her in her bedroom. They make. Is it Panther Man?
1: No, this, no, this is Tiger Man. Panther Man's like Oh, Tiger Man. Yeah. Tiger Man. Oh, yeah. Different, no, different no, no, cat. It's, okay. it's
0: Tiger Man version one.
1: That's true. We'll talk about yes. that after.
0: <laughs> so it makes him step outside, and so he can have some alone time. Mm-hmm. And then he slips the drug into. He does what? Adela's drink. He slips the drug <laughs> into Adela's <laughs> drink. <I think> they <laughs> <did> that <laughs> <laughs> Which was a headache tablet. I'm pointing this out, that it was a headache tablet given to him by Tweaky while Buck was at a party. Assuming that Tweaky was going to just give it to him and Buck was going to take it while he was at a party.
1: Ah, but, okay? but, but, maybe Buck did some research on draconians. And in the research, he found out that draconians are very, very sensitive to headache tablets. Knock some, <laughs> really, knock some straight out. Straight out, you know? Really? One aspirin, gone.
0: Because I would be worried about Tweaky at this point because he gives the drug into a dial drink and it knocks her out completely. At which point I'd be like, why did Tweaky give me a headache tablet that knocks me out completely? (laughs) What has he got against me? What What was he planning on doing?
1: Absolutely. What does does Tweaky normally say? That's it. And what does that sound like? Whoa. You know where I'm going
0: Always It's just my job to stop you before you get there yeah.
1: You've got the scissors
0: Alright, so my next note That's thrown you has... uh... You don't know where you're going now, do you? no, no. My next note is And again it's autocorrect on my iPad. Gil hurrah. Very like Bale. What? I don't know. Very like Bale? Yeah, I don't know. Okay.
1: <laughs>
0: no idea what that means. <laughs> Would you like me to tell It's you? weird. It's what I find is I drink beer but my iPad gets drunk. <laughs> It's a very strange phenomenon. I don't have that problem. Oh, no. Don't
1: have an iPad. <laughs> no, I've got a tablet. Yeah, big one.
0: <laughs> does it
1: knock you out? It does, yeah. It's one of those okay. ones. So so Buck disguises himself as a guard, and, and and Amidala wakes up to find Tiger Man in bed with her, doesn't she?
0: Yes. And uh, Buck sees the pirate ships in the hangar and realises it's all a bit of scam. Mm-hmm. And that really the draconians are pretending to be the pirates so that the draconians can do... A peace with the Earth and then invade Earth.
1: That's right. Good plan.
0: It's an excellent plan. Seems like you just invade would be easier, but (laughs) it's a good plan. But
1: then they weren't counting on a 500-year-old man turning up, were they?
0: No, no one ever
1: plans for that. Exactly. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah.
0: So Buck then, disguised as a draconian soldier, Mm -hmm. inserts bombs. (laughs) I love
1: the way you say it. Go on.
0: (laughs) inserts yes bombs that's right into the rear into the rear of the draconian ships that's right it does so that when the draconian ships will start off they'll explode so <laughs> somehow Tweaky and Dr. Theopolis managed to sneak into the draconian shuttle I'm not mm-hmm. sure how they managed that without being discovered but they did and then they managed to sneak from the shuttle into the main cruiser also without being discovered quite good mm-hmm because he's not that fast and he's very visible. Because he's a big silver well he's not big, little short silver drawing. He's a big
1: he's a big silver penis. Uh, yes.
0: But enough about Buck. So <laughs> he sees Buck inserting the bombs into the draconian shuttles and instantly thinks yes. Buck is really a spy. Now yeah. Theopolis is supposed to be one of the smartest people on earth. <laughs> I'm beginning to doubt this.
1: Well, I mean, what you heard is defense speech. So I mean, yeah, it was lousy. Mm.
0: So uh, Tweaky tries to stop. He
1: convinces them otherwise, yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah, he? Because yeah. Tweaky tries to attack
0: Buck by kicking him in the shin. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do when you're three yeah. foot tall? Buck explains what's going on, and then Tweaky has to go and communicate to Earth to tell them what is happening, and Buck will continue to insert bombs. <laughs> So he gets free to Earth, and they scramble a defense. And as they arrive towards the Draconian ship, the Draconian attack cruisers are exploding mysteriously. Dalla wakes, screams, and Kane goes in and blames her for
1: everything, as he seems to do all the time. <laughs> she, she's disgusted that she's woken up next to Tiger Man. Yeah,
0: right. Hmm. So a book is discovered by the Draconians, and Tiger Man and him have a fight. Except we mm-hmm. appear to have a different Tiger Man. It is a totally different actor.
1: What do you think happened to uh, Tiger Man that he completely changed his appearance in, in terms of the story? In terms of the story, mm-hmm. I think there's more than one Tiger Man. She got rid of the other Tiger Man. Yeah, he, he
0: was killed for laying Buck escape and, yeah. and for being in bed with her, which is oddly is a serious crab you'd think, wouldn't be, but it is. <laughs>
1: I'm not touching that one. You'll cut. I... <laughs> well, she doesn't seem to be very particular, is what I'm saying. Well, no, I mean, she going back to how she reacted when she thought she was going to have sex with a 500-year-old guy. I mean. Exactly. We get a swear word, don't we? Uh, We do, Mm -hmm. which I don't think is in the TV version. I would imagine you couldn't say shit in 1979 on network television, could you? No. He kicks Tiger Man in the ball. Which is
0: also not in the TV version. Really? Yeah, the kick is removed in the TV version. Tiger Man suddenly howls in pain in the TV version, apparently.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Why am I in this?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Also removed from the TV version is Tweaky saying that he's freezing his ball bearings off. Ah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know why the actor changed? I thought I did at one point, but I can't remember what it is.
1: I think it's because that scene was filmed especially for the for the movie and they couldn't get the other actor back. Okay, that's
0: coming back to me now, right? Mm-hmm. It's a weird thing to do. It is, yeah. Because it's obvious.
1: It is obvious and it's obvious that um, they're trying to pander to... I mean, it's it's, it's weird that you're going to turn it into a cinema thing, okay? But why do you have to insert bad language just because it's on the cinema? And why would you have to create a scene that wasn't there before just to give Buck someone right. eh, book just to give Buck someone to fight? You know, it's yeah. like oh, we, we, Buck needs to have a fight at this point, doesn't he? Oh, let's get Tiger Man in, and then we get the next scene where we meet King Draco, don't we? He calls in as a hologram. Do you see who the guy is? No, who is he? Doctor No. Oh,
0: I just I, all I thought was, ooh,
1: that's a bit of a. It's a bit of an (laughs) over-right performance, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, he's the guy from Dr. No that played Dr. No.
0: Is that the only time we ever see him in the series? Yep, one and only time. So Wilma realises, because Tweaky tells, well, Dr. Fio tells Wilma that Buck has helped defeat the Draconians, and so she decides to rescue Buck by landing her starfighter into the Draconian cruiser, even though it's exploding, risking her life. Mm Mm-hmm. And so Buck picks up Tweaky, runs to the starfighter, they've got a bard, and they escape. And then there is another very strange moment between Wilma and Buck.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're back on again, aren't they? Yes. But he's not interested. No. Wilma says, I'm
0: every bit the woman the princess is. Mm-hmm. Which is an odd thing to say.
1: She's still hoping that maybe she can jump on that Buck goodness.
0: Maybe. And Buck is busy watching this. I assume he sees the shuttle that carries Adela and Kane escape.
1: I'm guessing that's that's what's happening because he tells Tweaky to ice front, yeah. doesn't he?
0: Yeah, so he's watching him escape. A little smile crosses his face. As you think. And then it ends. And then it ends, yeah, with a rendition of the opening theme without lyrics. That's the movie. So I guess we're going to talk about it properly when we round up at the end mm-hmm. um, so we should just go straight into the next episode we watched which is called Cosmic Whiz Kid, and was the 11th episode <laughs> of the first season mm-hmm. and it guested Gary Coleman as the president of a planet that is friendly to Earth but not part of the Federation
1: that's right and there's a twist to his character as well isn't there that
0: the president his name is Heronius Fox and he's 500 years old he is the same age Book.
1: yeah no i'm i'm guessing that at this time when this was done gary coleman was a big star he was he that he was in different strokes at this point
0: yeah which actually did yours have an introduction no it didn't no okay well mine had an introduction where it had clips and a voice narration and the narration says gary coleman rocks into the 25th century it actually said that <laughs>
1: <laughs> was this something that that was aired
0: at the time? I have no idea where it's from. It's just on the Blu-ray edition that was released in Australia recently. Has this intro which encapsulates the episode, but it begins with that. So I assume Gary Coleman was famous at the time, because why would they do that?
1: And they get him to do a lot of the, the looks and, and face pulls that he, that he did in different strokes. Yes, they do. Yeah. I mean, at one point, I, you're kind of waiting for him to say what you're talking about, Willis, don't you? I mean, he's that close to saying it they should have done it what are you talking about tweaky at the end you might as well i mean the rest of- <laughs> it yeah. wouldn't have looked right. out of place Tweaky it? should
0: have gone bitty biddy bitty bitty and you should have said what are you talking about tweaky <laughs>
1: perfect if only you were around in in 1979
0: to, to write the episode if only so we go to a traditional opening gone is the theatrical opening the weird one
1: unfortunately
0: um, we have a faster theme tune, no lyrics.
1: That's a shame as well. Yeah, I kind of like the lyrics. I did, we didn't get to it, but I, I, I did make a note of some of the lyrics. They, they are fantastic lyrics. Where are you going? What are you doing? What you <laughs> something like that, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's like your wife talking to you. <laughs> you, you know, you're not wrong. Slightly uh... <laughs> different tone. Where are you going? What are you doing? How much are you spending? <laughs> <laughs> you bought more annuals? I just get that look. <sighs> the episode
0: begins with Gary Colmer's Hieronymus Fox entering an elevator with his assistant, Lieutenant Dia Surton, played by Melody Rogers. Mm-hmm. And the elevator goes out of control. It overshoots the floor and gas leaks in, which is an amazing setup to, you know, to mm. arrange. It would have been easier just kidnapping. Probably. Shot. Knocking
1: both out. Especially as guys running in anyway with guns, don't they? Yeah, right, so... Mm. It seems like
0: it would have been easier just to do that in the first place. Mm-hmm.
1: But they kidnap him.
0: And uh, certain goes to Dr. Hugh and Wilma Deering to Earth to ask for help to rescue the president mm-hmm. of their planet. And they refuse, but secretly they're going to help by sending Wilma to the planet to rescue the president. Absolutely. And we begin also with a comedy moment with Buck managing to find that appears to be the only planet planet, the only plant
1: <laughs> that
0: exists on the planet. That's
1: right, he gives it to Dr. Hewitt, doesn't he? he Who's like, what am I going
0: to do with this? Now, you'd think Earth after a nuclear war, filled with radiation, total devastation. Plants would be a good thing. He'd be like, whoa, thank you, a plant, we need those. Yeah,
1: yeah. But he doesn't seem to but know what like, it is. He's like... No, he isn't. What's
0: that? And he's like, it's a plant. I mean, he, plant he even I tries to
1: thrust it onto... Uh... <laughs> well, we're not thrusting <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my>. <laughs> <laughs> Not thrust it, obviously. Are you
0: trying to create edit points?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it just came out.
0: Uh. <laughs> yeah. He thrust it onto Wilma. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he does, doesn't he? He tries to thrust it onto Wilma. He, you know,
0: he tries to pass the plant onto Wilma, and she's like, no, I don't want it. Why, why are they so against plants? Plants are needed. and They, they don't like plants no. in
1: the 20th century. Weird, right? Yeah.
0: Buck meets certain, and he's attracted to her. She's attracted to him, but I'm guessing she's attracted to him because of what he could do
1: for her. In Yeah. But then again, you couldn't turn a man down in that brown suit he's wearing, could you? Oh, that's right. Yeah, he is wearing a <laughs> brown suit. Yeah, that's fancy. <laughs> Apparently
0: Bucky's going on holiday anyway, right? Yes, he's going on holiday, yes. So it goes back to his apartment, he's packing his bags, and he's listening to some rock music.
1: Yeah, but no, at first he's not. The the computer's playing some weird um, craftwork music again, isn't it? And he says, I'm not listening to this shit anymore.
0: Why did he put it on in the first place?
1: Maybe the computer chose it for him, you know. It's like
0: iTunes Radio or whatever.
1: Yeah, 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 and he's like... Yeah, right. I'm not listening to that. Turn that crap off. Did you
0: hear the band that was apparently playing? Do you know who it is? Is it a real band?
1: No, but does, doesn't he even actually mention yeah, yeah, them? Yeah. She says, what are you listening to? And, and he, he actually tells her what it is. Yeah, he <laughs> says the name.
0: And I was like, okay, were they popular in 1979? Because I've never heard of them. I can't even remember who he said.
1: Maybe, maybe they were. Maybe it was a it was a weird kind of product placement. Okay. Kind of thing. Glenn A. Larson. I wouldn't put it past him.
0: Maybe it's Glenn A. Larson's band. <laughs> <laughs> they just borrow bits from other groups.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say no real songs uh so
0: certain turns up at his apartment and drugs book basically It's a lot of drugging in this series 79 probably just gave him a headache pill right well that's all it takes yeah in the future which knocks him out and he wakes up on a starfighter mm-hmm. kidnapped by certain heading towards the planet genesia if you say so I do which is where the president is being held.
1: To get to the planet, though, they have to go through the disco stargate, don't they?
0: Yeah. What are these stargates?
1: I don't know, but apparently they have them.
0: They're the, the... triangle of lights. I guess they're like are wormholes. Or...
1: Something like that. Have they yeah. explained them at this point? Not really. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you, if you want explanations, you've come to the wrong show. <laughs> that is true but the person who's kidnapped
0: the president it's actually he's a well-known actor it's mm-hmm. uh, ray Walston. very craggy but he's the guy who masterminded the kidnap plan
1: i suppose we should point out as well that that in the starfighter when bucks fly into this planet the bodyguard she tells him that um because he doesn't want to get involved at first does he but then he finds out that uh, heronius fox is actually from the 20th century and that's why he suddenly wants to get involved because he says you couldn't keep me away
0: oh so that you think that's totally the reason or whether it was just because he was with a hot babe
1: well let's face it though i mean he's with a hot babe every other day isn't he yes he is so they go there and um deering's already there isn't she she's got an undercover office job <laughs> yeah
0: right she's, she's working with a apparently a fascist comedy robot
1: yeah i i, I actually thought to myself, I'm sure I've worked with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this robot hates people. He describes them as organic scum at one point. Yes, <laughs> yes.
0: While she's there, she's going to try and find and locate the president using the cameras that this company uses. Mm-hmm. But can certain go to a club to meet a telepath?
1: That's right, yeah. And he's um he's also very, very silver. Or is he... No, gold. He's gold, isn't he? Yeah, he's gold. his face gold. No, do you think that that's his natural state or he just goes around painting his face gold
0: <laughs> you think
1: he's just not... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm kind of hoping he paints his face gold
1: so am I yeah, I'd be more impressed you know maybe he changes it you know, every so often. Depending on where he is. Some days he's gold. Sometimes he's silver. Some days he's
0: mauve. Sometimes he's brass. Can't be a bit of brass. And they do the telepath with the fact that he, he doesn't say anything. His voice is dubbed mm-hmm. in. Which is nice. Pretty good. But you can't help him unless the person who has information about where the president is is within, within a certain range of him.
1: Obviously, you know, because there's, there's a range to telepathy. Obviously. I was going to say, there's a weird moment that's completely out of character for Buck in this scene as well, isn't there? Where he he gets he kind of gets into a fight with a guy that spills his drink. Yeah. And I, I was kind of waiting for it to go somewhere, that it was it was relevant, that it was like a fake thing, you know, that this that right. was prearranged and that they'd done it on purpose. Because it's so out of character for Buck to be so aggressive. Yeah, Buck apologises
0: to the guy for knocking his drink and the guy responds... He gets in his face. But instead of Buck just going, oh, it's okay, he then threatens
1: it. He grabs him by the lapels, doesn't he? And there's no callback to it later, it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, it's strange. Mm. Uh, But also, don't you think a telepath will be banned from a casino? Ah, but how do they know he's a telepath? Paints his face gold. (laughs) There's different wanted posters, all different (laughs) colours. On the walls.
0: Gold, silver, bronze. It's the same guy. He's always
1: winning. But he only wins in a certain radius.
0: Yeah, yeah. He has to be right next to the table that he's
1: playing. Absolutely. So so I suppose we should mention that that Gary Coleman at this point, he's escaped, hasn't he?
0: What he does is um, he's been ordering weird food and then a, a delivery robot containing his food, which happens to be perfect to crawl into, arrives. And Gary Coleman has been listening to rock music on his headphones. But because also he's a super genius... He's able to reprogram the headphones to play an incredibly loud sound that can kill people. So he says to this guard, oh, these headphones, they're not working. Why don't you listen to them? The guard puts them on, and Gary Coleman blasts his ears with the sound, knocks him out, climbs into the food robot, and escapes. He does. It's impressive. Very impressive. It's good job they got food robots that size. <laughs>
1: Gary Coleman size. Gary Coleman size. I think that's, that's how they advertise him. Because he's, he's getting, like, lizard cheeseburgers, isn't he? That's what he's ordered. Yeah, yeah, lizard cheeseburgers. Because no that's no the one's, best kind of yeah, meat. Because no one seems to know what a cheeseburger is. Right.
0: Meanwhile, the bad guys know the Buck is on the way.
1: And they've hired someone, haven't they? They've hired a
0: scrawny guy who is really super strong.
1: Mhm. Because he's he's and he's yeah, from a planet of higher density or something, gravity or something. Yeah, I'm not sure that will work. No, neither am I. But
0: <laughs> hey. would that affect you if you were on a planet with less gravity? It wouldn't just make you strong, would it?
1: You'd be really heavy, wouldn't you? Yeah, you wouldn't be able I don't to walk. Think it works. Or you'd be a puddle I don't think so. puddle on the floor. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, Buck fights this guy. He calls himself a Terminator, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. Yeah, he keeps <laughs> <laughs> in a campest way possible he he is quite camp and he's wearing a a 1970s safari outfit as well he's one step away from roger moore isn't he (laughs) very close he is on the hunt He's on the he's on the what? Hunt uh, for Buck. Okay.
0: Um, so they fight, but Buck escapes, and certain escapes with Buck.
1: Do you think we should mention? I think we I think it's it's worth a mention that the fight scenes in the show do have some terrible, terrible, terrible stunt doubles. Yes, I I I, I have that written down.
0: Stuntman man looks nothing like the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are atrocious.
1: The wig doesn't even look right. It's, it looks like it's sat on top of another wig. <laughs> Right. And I was watching this in HD. I can imagine. God knows what you were looking at.
0: (laughs) Four different people fighting, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Instead of just two. They escape, Mm -hmm. and they meet the telepath guy who managed to pick up information about the president's location from the hired henchman who had failed to kill Buck. And so he passes this information to Buck through telepathy, which apparently uses computer noise.
1: It does, doesn't
0: it? That's clever. Yeah. Because when he's, they're just stirring each other and all you he hear is boop, 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 which is, <laughs> is that how telepathy works? <laughs> In
1: 1979, that's how telepathy works. It's like,
0: you remember like 1980s modems where they had a dialing tone and the <laughs> musical, ah. But then it's, the episode would be three days long. That's true. Yeah, it's just waiting, <laughs> wait, wait, pictures, drawing, there goes a line, and another line, oh, I've disconnected.
1: Start Start again. again.
0: (laughs) Shift and run, stop, press play on tape. Meanwhile, Deering
1: somehow. Yeah, she's sneaking around, isn't she? She's
0: sneaking around and she's listening to audio of people on this location and she finds a voice print that matches the people they're looking for. The robot discovers her doing this, but doesn't, doesn't give a.
1: Doesn't he, care. he doesn't give a shit, does he? No. So He's
0: he thinks she's planning a robbery, looking for people who are not at home.
1: Doesn't he say, "I, I love it when you humans prove to me how despicable yeah. you are"? That's yeah. something it's nice. <laughs> I'm sure I've worked with that robot. <laughs>
0: And then, so Buck and says have to go to the location and they steal a ridiculous little buggy.
1: Yeah, they steal it from a, a maintenance droid yeah. and, then, and then drive away at about two miles yeah, an hour, yeah. don't they?
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's a weird little golf cart type device. But at least this is all filmed on location. Absolutely, yeah. No. yeah. Something, Something different. different. It's not inside a set all the time. They do actually go out, which is nice. Early in the
1: season, they've got some money. Yeah, for two episodes. Yeah.
0: I also noticed... That everybody has the same crap digital
1: watch. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. They just look like Casios, yeah. don't they, from Night. Buck Night. has a Casio.
0: <laughs> but the villain who's kidnapped the prison has the exact same digital watch. Do you think it's the same watch? Probably. I yeah, mean, the he just, exact just passed same it over whoever's shot at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so each time they film <laughs> Buck, they go, Cut, the underclass the watch, pass it to the other guy, he puts it on.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a he hasn't got money for watches it's like it, it's probably Gilgirard's own watch <laughs> I guess Casio digital
0: watches were futuristic in 1979 well anything with with uh, you
1: know, LCDs yeah anything like that it's, you know yeah don't don't, don't some of the um, they've got like pads that they use and they've got little calculators attached to them
0: that's yeah Doctor Who has, mm-hmm. he, he always carries a clipboard with a calculator slapped on it
1: What's he adding up? I don't know. It's
0: clearly just a calculator.
1: You know, he's adding up. He's adding up his fee for the episode. <laughs>
0: right. You don't need a calculator for that. <laughs> Could use an abacus.
1: <laughs> he's working out that he needs to do at least three more episodes before he can pay his rent. <laughs> right.
0: Little did he know, he only had a few more episodes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> waste the money on that calculator (laughs) Uh, we also see a lot of security people who appear to be wearing Battlestar Galactica uniforms yes they
1: do indeed don't they yeah
0: Um, so Buck and Certain finally reach a security field around the location they need to get into and Buck throws Certain over the security field It's it's, it's a good throw it's an amazing throw because you see a him do his hands clasp lift her up with the foot and then when it cuts to the actual throw she's like somersaulting through the air like 100 feet high and then she lands on the other side he is incredibly strong
1: I think gravity has affected him you reckon You know, that's what it is yeah. No, it's not, yeah, totally. it's, it's not just the 15 burgers that he ate before he uh, went no, on if this he mission.
0: 15 burgers he'd be like oh I can't left you just climb under climb
1: under love <laughs> just
0: climb under I'll tell you what, we'll walk around. <laughs> it's not going to be uh, uh, covering the whole area. We couldn't afford that. Just just walk around. <laughs> so on the other side, she finds the off one, presses it, and they get through. Mm-hmm. Only to find, oh, a strange force field
1: that covers the ground. But she's got the exact gadget to turn it off. Yeah, yeah. She suddenly produces this gadget. That's lucky, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? It's a bit like Kit again,
0: isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. And so they walk across, but then they're discovered, and the bad guys turn on the force field around them, leaving just a little patch that they can stand. Mm-hmm. They're trapped. They're captured. There's no way out. Oh, and it's also a really bad
1: effect. It's that weird, I mean, very 80s uh, digital videotape effect, isn't it? Yeah, with a giant black line around yeah, them. Yeah. And so the, the bad guy orders orders their deaths.
0: Yeah, but meanwhile. Deering, I just happened to stumble upon the president.
1: He's gone down a chute and got uh, he's gotten himself knocked out by a box of lizard meat. And they just happened to meet. Mm-hmm. And so she's going to get him out. But he has
0: overheard that Buck is going to be captured. So Wilma decides that she needs to rescue Buck
1: now. Mm-hmm. But Buck's doing all right, though, because he, he manages to um, give him the slip. And then he has a fight with the Terminator guy. And somehow manages to kick him hard enough to knock him down, even though he's supposedly so dense that he <laughs> that, it, that he's super strong right but he does one of yeah. his kung fu elvis flying kicks on him
0: that's right and if that was the main villain i'd want my money back for these assassins
1: well, Absolutely. i mean he's obviously full of bullshit wasn't he <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh totally.
0: yeah i've got yeah, this super
1: yeah. strong i'm from this planet that's got this density and yeah i'm super strong and blah 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 is that is that is that true oh yeah yeah really yeah,
0: <laughs> can you prove it? Well, let's not go into details.
1: <laughs> I'll do it on the night. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a one performance guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't pressure me. President breaks back in.
1: So they, they yeah. So they get him away, get don't him they? Away. Uh,
0: cu- and then cu- cut to the, the chase. They <laughs> end. <to> the end. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Back on Earth, and then there is a very drawn out, long scene. That's one oh, of those...
1: Where they're eating lizard burgers on top of work. And there's mm-hmm. jokes. And it's one of those, ah,
0: ah, 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 endings.
1: Have you noticed how um 25th century dishwashers work? He just piles it all into it. all You know, food on the plates, plastic plates. He just chucks it all into the dishwasher mm-hmm. thing closes it. That's it. That's what I do
0: in my dishwasher.
1: That's what I did with my dishwasher and then I had overflowing drains. Never did it again.
0: Yeah, I don't actually turn the dishwasher on. (laughs) (laughs) I I rinse the dish off, put it in the dishwasher and then the dishwasher fills up with cutlery and then you take it out and you use it. It doesn't actually do anything. It's just a storage
1: place. (laughs) I must remember that. Yeah, just an extra <laughs> cupboard. It's another cupboard. I like yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah. See, and that and that's that episode. So we're, we're on to the joys of season two now. All right, now season two takes a dramatic change. Very much so. We're no
0: longer on Earth. Mm-hmm. We're Star Trek. We're, on, we're Star Yeah, basically we're Star Trek. We're on a ship that called Searcher, and they're searching for the lost tribes of Earth. Mm, what does that remind you of? Oh, let me think. Last times <laughs> of Earth. Wasn't it mentioned in Battlestar Galactica? It I- may well have been. It may well have okay. been. Okay. Because apparently after the
1: nuclear war that devastated
0: Earth, people somehow had the technology to seek life elsewhere.
1: Which completely contradicts Dr. Hewitt's description of uh, the Holocaust.
0: Right. Totally. You know, people,
1: people being buried in pits because there was no governments and all this kind of stuff. And
0: Maybe that's why Dr. Hewitt isn't in this season.
1: <laughs> Neither is Dr. Theopolis. They're all gone. Doctor, Dr. Theopolis is gone.
0: Tweaky is still here, although he appears to have had an operation. <laughs> He's not quite as manly as he was, is he? No, because he appears to have a very high-pitched voice now. <laughs> No one seems to have noticed this or bothered by it. <laughs> no, no. Boy, is totally a different person. It is indeed, yeah. yeah. So, about a ship that now has a captain whose name I can't even remember because Ad- he's so interesting. His name,
1: his name is Admiral Asimov. Oh, seriously? Yeah, really. Admiral Holy Asimov. Oh, God. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Uh, no, 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 I, I did some research onto why there was such a drastic change in the show in the second season, and the two main theories seem to be. The first one is not probably not that plausible is the fact that um, Gilgarad wasn't happy with the very sex sexualized overtones of the first season because he's he's a devout Christian. Oh. And he came up with the concept for season two because he felt it was a more wholesome idea of what they should be doing. Okay. But probably what really happened is the second uh, theory that I that I read about is the fact that they had a whole regime change at, at the network. And when new people come in to a network, usually they want to sweep the board of stuff that was around before them. Right. Before them. And so the the new guy completely changed the concept of the show and – Cut the budget. There's, oh, lot there's obvious, a lot more. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot more stock footage in in the second season, right. and um, because he wanted it to die to get rid oh, of it. Okay. Which is more plausible than the Gilgarad Christian thing, I think. But who knows? Yeah. But
0: we also have a new robot called Crichton, who is so annoying, it's unbelievable.
1: He's a complete wanker. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> I
0: mean, I know that they they made him to be annoying because he annoys everybody in the ship but it also annoys you as an audience watching him you just mm-hmm. want him to go away mm-hmm. so Serves no purpose whatsoever just just to irritate you
1: but there, there there are some good things i mean we do get one new character who's i do quite like the new character i have to say and we'll get we'll get to him in the, as we go on yeah
0: we we open this episode actually with i assume you're talking about hawk yeah mm-hmm. okay um, we open the episode with Hawk and his mate. Does she have a name in the episode?
1: I just wrote his missus in my <laughs> notes.
0: Brilliant. Okay, so we open up with Hawk and his missus in a shuttle. Yep. Heading home. Okay, so he is a bird person, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. His name is Hawk. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they've all got names like that. Maybe there's someone going around called Pigeon. Okay, and there's someone called Eagle. Eagle, blue tit. Woodcock. That's what you're saying? That's how it works? Probably I just
0: yeah. think it, I think it's awful. I think it's just like they went, oh, he's a bird person. Oh, let's call him Hark. It's like, no, let's not. Because why would a bird person call themselves Hark?
1: Yeah, you're dealing with a show where they're on a ship that's looking for the lost tribes of, of Earth, and the ship's called The Searcher. You might as well just called it... The USS looking for the lost tribes of Earth.
0: <laughs> no, because then they'd have to pay for it to be written on the side of the ship, and that's Absolute, really yeah, yeah.
1: And you know that ship, that model, is just a reused um, Battlestar Galactica model. It's one it's one of the convoy ships, yeah. Yeah,
0: I couldn't imagine that.
1: So Hawk
0: is a bird man, but apparently can't fly because he needs a ship. <laughs> They're going home to the village, and they find it devastated. Everyone is killed and they find a human with his hands around the throat of one of the bird people, and he realizes that humans have killed his village. And so he pledges that from now on, he will kill all humans. But there's only one human. Yeah, there's only one human. There's just one guy. So, but he blames all humans. And he looks towards the statue, which, quite frankly, looks bewildered by everything that's happening around it. And pledges that he will spend the rest of his life killing everybody who's human. Vengeance. And then we open with new credits, mm-hmm. which is kind of similar to the old credits, but, you know, obviously the new people. Because now we have Wilfred Hyde-White.
1: <laughs> who, who clearly has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> I, I assume he's drunk, or uh,
0: just old I, I, I and was, delusional. I, I was wondering whether... It... Although, to be honest, Wilfred Hyde-White... Played that character in everything he ever did. He did,
1: he did indeed. And and you you, you don't know professor. whether he's actually reading from the script or whether he's just they're just letting him make up his own dialogue. Do you? I kind of got the feeling
0: from the reactions of the other actors that he was just making shit. It up. does
1: look like that, doesn't it? Because
0: sometimes you you see like Gil Gerard or one of them about to say something and then they kind of stop because Wolford High White's not finished. <laughs> And then you see him smile, and it's like, it's, but it doesn't look like an acting smile. It looks like uh, I'm smiling because I have no idea what's going you know, on Oh,
1: now. It's one of those, uh, he's famous, he's old, and he's obviously senile.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then we uh, open on the ship called The Searcher. Deering is now at the con. She, I don't know what she does. She pilots this ship. She doesn't do a it lot, really, does she? No. Everyone appears to be wearing uniforms from the Sailor Moon anime. I have no idea what that is. Look it up. You'll realise what I mean. I will indeed. Um, but they're kind of like a Navy-type uniform that Navy would never ever wear in a million years. Right, okay. We've
1: also lost Pamela Hensley. Yeah, she's gone, unfortunately. But then again, I suppose they're they're at peace now, aren't they, with the Draconians?
0: Yeah, but the fact that she's gone is pretty much 90% of the reason I was watching. <laughs>
1: You you still no? I wouldn't say ninety. It's probably sixty sixty forty. I mean, you've still got deer in, haven't you? True, true. You know, there's nothing wrong with a bit of Wilma, and she gets she gets these nice little skirts in second season. And they they, they find a ship, don't they? Floating in space.
0: They do, but before that, they're talking about their mission in this mess deck, which appears to be designed to look like an Hawaiian. 70s wooden bar
1: again it looks like something from Colin Baker era Doctor Who
0: yeah it's weird it's just it's got all wood and mm. um, and then they are called to the bridge now one thing I noticed is like when they are called to the bridge when they're sitting in the deck, they all look the same direction as if there is a guy off screen just yelling <laughs> at them <laughs> if it's an intercom you don't look at the intercom you just go <laughs> Oh, yeah, but they all go, oh, yeah, it's that bloke over there. He's just shouting at us.
1: (laughs) Maybe that's what it was, because you don't see it. Maybe there isn't really an intercom. No, so the the Admiral goes, oh,
0: can you tell, can you just run down and shout at Wilmer (laughs) and and Buck to to come up to the bridge? So this guy runs down, and he goes, Wilmer, book. you got to go to the com. Okay, yeah. And then he runs back. (laughs) So they come across the ship. They call Crichton, who also has the voice of the robot from Lost in Space.
1: Yes, yes. And on my notes, I wrote, Crichton, what a twat. Yeah, that's pretty much.
0: (laughs) He also takes forever. They have to, A, wait for him to come up and finish what he's doing. They have to wait for him to transport himself to the deck using the elevators or whatever means of transportation they have from moving from one part of the ship to the other. They have to wait for him to go through his whole spiel about how busy he is and dealing with humans is boring before he provides the information this is not a robot i want to ask for help <laughs> in an emergency <laughs> why would you build it yeah the guy goes oh uh, he, he, the robot's not even convinced that humans built him because he thinks humans are inferior yeah
1: absolutely
0: he's like oh yeah i'm inferior see this off switch click <laughs> now flip it back on go did you feel that click off again
1: i did notice as well what was the point of giving crying arms Because, I mean, they they don't do anything.
0: No, they just move (laughs) up and down. They can't move forwards or backwards. They can't hold anything. So they find a ship floating in space, and it's a wreck. Bodies are frozen because it's decompressurized. But they find one person in a spacesuit, and then that person dying goes, Hawk did it.
1: He does some fantastic acting, that
0: guy. He does, and Buck responds with, A bird?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's face it. He's not going to be a lizard, is he? For the name like Hawk.
0: No, but it's just funny. He's like, what, a bird did it? <laughs> it's like, yeah, a hawk. Are you an idiot? So the guy dies. And Hawk is apparently flying around killing people. Mm-hmm. But apparently not enjoying it.
1: In, he's not enjoying it in a very Shakespearean way, though, isn't he?
0: Right, right, mm-hmm. right. It's eating at his soul. Every person he kills is a part of his soul. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. That leather outfit's not helping either. No, he's got a weird black leather
0: outfit mm. with uh, pecks drawn on and pointless feathers. Which I guess is it? Is he just a human but with feathers stuck on him, and that's what makes him a birdman? Well, I wondered that. I mean, do those feathers grow from him? <laughs> I mean, if Buck turned up with a feather wig, would 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 Huck go? Oh, you're a birdman too.
1: He's uh, well, uh, Buck would more have more of a soft downy feathery pelt. <laughs> wouldn't he? <laughs> and it'd be... If you say and, so, and you
0: know more about Buck than and I And it would do. be brown. It has to be brown. Well, yeah. Now, I'm confused at this point and they've dozed off. <laughs> really? <laughs> How... Did they locate the planet?
1: Which planet? The
0: planet where Hawk is using to refuel and replenish and rebuild his ship.
1: I don't know. I didn't. I didn't I, they just find
0: it, don't they? That's what I thought too. That's what confused me. It's like they just come across it. They
1: just come across. Oh, is that planet in there? Oh, it, I mean, it's Moss Eisley, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, Bart goes
0: down alone, which seems a bad idea. They're hunting for a guy. Have they got no
1: crew on the searcher?
0: Yeah, but they're hunting for a guy who's killed. All these people, so they just go, um, send Buck down. Which I think these people on the searcher, Wilma and everybody, now have the same feelings towards Buck that NASA did back in 1987. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let him go on his own. Very good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hey, okay, so Buck yeah. goes down on his own. They've realized he's not the great guy that everyone thinks he is, he's actually a bit of a cock. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he's a drinker, he's putting on weight, He keeps doing kung fu, Elvis-style on people. He grabs people in bears for no apparent reason and
1: threatens them. They're probably him. disturbed by the fact that whenever he starts doing kung fu, he suddenly turns into a different person.
0: That probably confuses them, yes. I mean, that'd be scary, wouldn't right. it? Right. Buck lands on this planet and finds this, like, bazaar where crazy hat people are... Living. Oh, I love the
1: crazy hat people. They're fantastic.
0: Um, how can we describe <laughs> the crazy hat people to those who can't see it? They're, but they're
1: not codes, are they? They're... Um,
0: no, they're, they're, they're hats must... that are straight up about two foot high with flat discs on top. Very uncomfortable to wear. They're impressive. Very
1: impressive. But, but then Buck says an incredibly racist thing to them and says... We have to also point out that they're all black, aren't they? And um, Buck says to them, Oh, you'd make a great basketball game. <laughs> That's right. He does. It's like, whoa. <sighs> I know it's the 70s, but <laughs> come on. Yeah. Well, Buck discovers that this
0: is a place where they repair ships. They don't care who the people are that they're repairing or what their backstory is. They just repair whoever. And so Buck asks them about Hawk, but they're all suddenly shady about Hawk. They clearly know who he is, but they don't want to talk yeah. about
1: him. So he's well-respected. Yeah,
0: or scared. But uh, he's only one guy. But he's a bird man. Yeah, There is that. Yeah. And then there are some villains, as we will call them.
1: I suppose they're pirates, Pirates they? who are
0: looking for a ship, and they need to get out, in, like, urgently. And so they say to Buck, hey, if you can give us your ship, you know, we'll see you well, you know, we'll pay you. And mm-hmm. Buck's like, nope, want none of your business. But they're like, oh, we're just going to take his ship later.
1: And their leader's played by that great 80s um, bit part actor, Lance um, Lancer Gold. Who's in
0: A-Team and mm-hmm. pretty much everything of the 80s. So then Buck returns to his ship knowing that these guys are going to try something later.
1: Mm-hmm. And he
0: waits for them, doesn't he? Got a plan, he calls back to the ship, tells them what he's doing, and he just waits. And then they do turn up, but Buck manages to trap him and fill the area of, with gas that he traps them in. Knocks him out.
1: Mm-hmm. And he captures the Lancelot, doesn't he?
0: And then threatens him by saying that if he doesn't give him the information, he will force him to wear a grass skirt and a dog collar and parade him through the village. I like his thinking. Yeah, you like his thinking because you're sat there going, what's wrong with that? That sounds like a weekend.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like big deal you
0: don't need to worry i've got my <laughs> own collar and the guy's like okay i'll tell you where the bird
1: man is he's in the valley of the eagles now that's convenient isn't it you think you'd find somewhere else to hide wouldn't you yeah and why his name's hawk yeah you think <laughs> you think so <laughs> but if you if your name's hawk you'd find somewhere like you know the the, the cave of the trout to hide in wouldn't you not, not... To hi-
0: you wouldn't locate it by choosing another bird, is what you're
1: saying, right? Yeah, absolutely. Did,
0: did the eagles know the hawk has moved in?
1: <laughs> well, if they don't, they do now. <laughs> okay. He's bringing his wife in.
0: So Buck tells the crew of the searcher where the hawk is located. Mm-hmm. Deering decides he's gonna. She is gonna go down and help Buck, and the doctor wants to go with him, Wilfred Hyde White, because he's realised that these. Birds people are connected to Earth's history because there's a statue on Easter Island that's connected to the bird people, etc. Bullshit. In other words. Yes. But for some yeah. reason, Deering decides that her and this old guy is a perfect team to go down and face this. Yeah, but she, bird yo, bird she's, she's been killing everybody.
1: She's against it though at first and then she but she doesn't take much persuading to suddenly go, Oh yeah, all right then
0: Yeah, yeah, but she's <laughs> against it. Our option is to go alone. Why is everybody continually going alone against this guy who has killed hundreds of
1: people? What you're saying is, where are the crew? Yeah, where's your security? Mm -hmm. Where's your red shirts? Yeah. Maybe they didn't pack them.
0: Guess not. So she goes Mm. down, taking the uh, bumbling old fool with her.
1: Have you noticed as well that in the Starfighters now, no one needs to wear helmets anymore?
0: Oh, no, I didn't.
1: Mm. They don't wear those helmets anymore. With the, right. with the with the comlinks and stuff, yeah, yeah, they just yeah. they just sit in them, <laughs> like they're driving a car.
0: <laughs> Do you think that's because they covered up too much of their heads and faces? I would have
1: I would have thought so. Thought yeah, it's, it was... like, it's like we're not going to put a helmet on Erin uh, Gray because you no, know that
0: they foster to dye her hair blonde.
1: Yes, yes, because she's really a brunette,
0: isn't she? Yeah, yeah, and she switches to brunette later in the show when she finally mm-hmm. got her way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's probably true. That's why they did that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, Deering and the professor somehow managed to get to the cave that Hawk is located in Mm -hmm. before Buck does.
1: And they find a statue, don't they, of Marky Mark? (laughs) 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 They do indeed, yes.
0: (laughs) And then they find the giant web. Mm. And at this point, I got very confused. Why is that? Because the spider is clearly tiny. Yes, yes. And the skull that is next to the spider is clearly a very, very small skull.
1: So you're, it, the implication is that that spider isn't tiny?
0: I assume... Well, at first I was like, why are they... Skirt, why, why, I don't... Like, oh, look, a mouse skull next to a spider. <laughs> I, I don't... What's the problem? And then they find this giant web, and I was like, well, that spider didn't make that web, because that spider is clearly three inches long. <laughs> and then it dawned on me that that spider is supposed to be six foot long. That's that why skull, there's a t- that yeah skull mm-hmm. is supposed to be a human skull, but clearly it's not. It's tiny. Everything's yeah. tiny. Mm-hmm. And you never see the spider and the people in the same shot. It's just cutaways. Oh, of course not. It's awful. It, it doesn't work. It so doesn't work. It confused me.
1: It's probably Glenn A. Larson's personal pet spider. Bro <laughs> <Probably>. and <laughs> his pet's mouse skull <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we could save some money on this bit
0: yeah right so they get trapped in a web and then uh mm-hmm. buck turns up rescues them shoots this tiny spider <laughs> that's supposed to be a giant spider and rescues him and then he finds
1: Mrs. Hawk and he captures her doesn't he he captures her yes and then take off in, their, uh, in the starfighter
0: yeah, but she does an annoying scream that apparently can be heard through the vacuum of space. Yes,
1: it reminded me of Khan.
0: Oh, right. <laughs> but, of course, in space you can't hear sounds because that's,
1: you know... Ah, but, you know, it's birds, isn't it? And hang on, she's on the. he's on the same planet as her, so they're not in space, are they? No,
0: he's in, he's in space. Hawk's in space. He's returning.
1: I thought he was in the atmosphere when he hears it.
0: No, he's the stairs outside his ship.
1: Okay, all right. We'll ditch that one. Maybe it's... <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's special bird man powers that they've got. Okay,
0: a special bird people powers. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, so Hawk is Pirates' ship, which apparently also his joystick has a Hawk head on it. It
1: does. It's very good. Isn't I it? mean, he he really carries his theme through. I mean, <laughs> <laughs>
0: he
1: does. He wants everyone to know. Yeah, He's like, a Hawk so, and he's proud. Are you... Are you, are you the hawk? Oh, yeah, your
0: joystick got
1: you. So so this begs the question, these other bird people, if they're all called woodcock and pigeon, do they have similar things on their joysticks in their ship? So one of them's got a tiny little pigeon head on his... Uh...
0: Yeah, and the other one's got a woodcock.
1: Yep. <laughs> That's how it works. I, I'd go with the woodcock if it was me. You always do. Yeah.
0: Okay, so <laughs> book takes off with... Hawks misses in the ship, mm-hmm. takes off in a starship. What? In, in one of the starfighters. Yeah, that's right, yeah. He never went to the planet in a starfighter. He went to the planet in a shuttle. Wilma had the other
1: starfighter. Maybe he found it. Okay.
0: <laughs> so he flies off <laughs> in a starfighter.
1: Now, this bit's quite good. I like this bit. I like I like the whole the the little dogfight that they have. I thought it was quite so they have
0: a dogfight are in space, and uh, Hawk says I will force you to land. Although how you force a ship to land when you're in the middle of space, I have no idea.
1: But, <laughs> but they're not fighting in space, though. They're, they're they're on the planet.
0: No, they're in space. They've gone off into orbit. Yeah, but there's, there's mountains stars around them. No, that that's when they go. When that Buck decides to go back. Oh to yeah, the he does,
1: doesn't he? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
0: he could have gone anywhere. Mm-hmm. Hawk could have said, I'm going to you to land, and Buck has said, no, I don't think so, I'm flown off.
1: That's right, he could have gone through the disco stargate and gone back to, uh...
0: Exactly, but he doesn't. He goes back to the planet. Maybe because he wants Hawk. He's, his whole idea is to capture Hawk, so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll use that as an excuse. So then there is, yes, a dog fight through canyons and fighting, and Hawk eventually hits Buckship using the claws. Mm-hmm. Which is
1: good. I like that
0: bit. Because Hawk's ship has closed. That's good. That's a good bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they crash. Buck drags Hawk's missus out of his ship. She's injured, possibly dying. Um, Buck calls for
1: Hawk. Hawk turns up
0: and they have an argument.
1: Mm-hmm. So they make a truce, don't they? Because his missus is on the way out. Right. They do. They throw their guns mm-hmm. away. And they carry her to back to the... Isley place, don't they? Yes, to the tall hat people. That's right, yeah. To a doctor, but they can't help her, can they? They
0: can. That's right. And they suddenly talk about a kind of shaman medic mm-hmm. who is the only person who can help them. That's right. Mm-hmm. So then, Hawke says, "Okay, well, that's where we're going." So he, but he carries. But he, he's
1: all stoked for it, isn't he? Because they they find out that this guy was a worshiper of of god of um, bird gods or something. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Bird gods. Bird gods. So he sees the connection and thinks, Mm -hmm. okay, that must mean that he will be able to help them.
1: Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Wilma's set out looking for Buck, hasn't she? Again. She has, yes, again. She does a lot of going backwards and forwards, doesn't she? She does, yeah. And not much else.
0: So then there's a lot of scenes of carrying... Like Hawk mm-hmm. carrying his missus through the desert with Buck, often to help, but Hawk is proud and won't listen to Buck. And this goes on forever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're, it's a two-fire. You've, you've got to pad it with something, haven't you? And ever.
0: <laughs> Eventually they get to the Shaman, but they're also surrounded by the pirates that Buck had Uh, spurned earlier on in the episode.
1: And I like the fact that they've all got swords. They've all got swords, because, you know... They're pirates. Otherwise, they could just shoot Buck. But they're pirates. You've got to give them swords, don't you? That's true.
0: And they're about to attack Buck, and Buck says, Hawk, you go take your missus to the shaman doctor. Uh, This is my fight, not yours. And Hawk sees that, oh, maybe humans are not souls after all, and decides to help. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the shaman casts a spell, and all the people are frozen. Yeah, we're we're into magic now. Yeah, magic starts to take place. And then when he unfreezes them, all the pirates suddenly go, Whoa, "Let's run away!" And they run away.
1: He's <laughs> never clear why they run away. No, they're just
0: scared, I guess.
1: And the medic—this is another scene that just goes on forever. <laughs> they all get into they have like met, metaphysical conversations. It's like, what am I watching? <laughs>
0: where she talks to the shaman and she says am i dying and he says no such thing as death there is only change and she says but am i dying (laughs) and he's like are you not listening (laughs) which part of this don't you understand (laughs) at which point i'm like please let me die
1: you know the guy playing the um the, the the shaman guy the way he's um with the beard and and the white beard and and the long dress and stuff i recently watched um rewatched young frankenstein and all i could think about was gene hackman in young frankenstein as the blind guy in the hut it looks exactly like him so I, I was waiting for him to offer Hawk a cigar or something
0: <laughs> yeah and so um but this guy can't help either no
1: no, he says, so he says basically, basically, you're screwed, you're going to die. That's right, and there's two hours of spirit
0: mumbo-jumbo. <laughs> and she dies, mm-hmm. and then Hawk
1: and Buck decide to fight. They do, and they, don't they have a fight in that great uh, classic Star Trek location?
0: It looks very similar, if it's not. Mm-hmm. Or at least, they don't, two stuntmen do. <laughs> Who don't look anything like either of them. <laughs> There's some bad wigs going on. Buck falls uh, unconscious. <laughs> Hawk sees him down below and goes down to him, but oh, he's not there. Aha, Buck jumps in. Pull a fast one, and the fight ah, continues.
1: <laughs> I wrote, Am I watching They Live? <laughs> <laughs> it just goes on, right. <laughs>
0: But then the medic freezes them both and knocks them out, mm-hmm. which I wish he'd done 15 hours ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cut to the end. <laughs> Wilma
0: sees them, and Hawk is arrested and taken mm-hmm. back to the searcher.
1: So now... Well, we're, we're speeding through this now, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> are we going too fast? No, 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 we're not. No. <laughs> Hawk- <laughs>
0: Now there's a trial where Hawk... Because remember, Hawk is still guilty of killing all these Mm -hmm. people. But throughout this episode, Buck and Hawk have formed some kind of relationship. They have, haven't they? Buck admires Hawk in some way. He
1: likes a bird, doesn't he? Very
0: good. (laughs) And so there is a dramatic trial.
1: Uh, And and Hawk won't stand up for himself, so Buck has to do it for him, doesn't he? Buck does the speech that goes on and on. But don't you think it's some of his best acting I've, I've seen? It is some of his best acting yeah that's all I'm saying
0: <laughs> okay as long as that's all you're saying and, and meanwhile in the background Wilmer starts crying uh, the Admiral's got tears in his eyes you know eyes. why they're all
1: crying don't you because they've realised this is the second season this is what we're this, this
0: is what it is from the <laughs> other 20 episodes so they're all crying except Wilfred Hyde White who's looking around wondering where he is he, he's,
1: wonder- he's wondering where his tears that's what he's wondering. yeah that's where he's wondering Oh, I wonder if it's peaches
0: uh, today. <laughs> the, the the line that I actually started laughing was where Buck talks about how the worst thing that can happen is to be stripped of the power of human flight.
1: <laughs> well, I suppose if you had wings at one point. Yeah,
0: I would have laughed if... It would have been great if, at the end of this, he'd done this cool speech and the court had just gone, Nah, they're still killing. <laughs> But well, they don't, do they? No, no, no. They, they think, well, we'll have to think about this. Mm-hmm. And they go away. We get to a room where Hawk is just standing around and the others join him. And the professor's been trying to talk to him about Earth's connection to the bird people. And then Buck has a plan. They all have a plan that maybe Hawk could join him because Hawk is looking for the rest of the bird people. And the searcher, its mission, is to seek the lost tribes of Earth therefore they are combined in their mission you're selling it you're selling it (laughs) (laughs) and hawk who quite frankly if i was a person who'd just been on trial for killing hundreds of the people (laughs) around i would jump at this but no he likes to stretch it out even longer because he looks to the stars he does doesn't he and he thinks about it and it cuts to all the faces and they're all nodding slowly towards This Hawk. guy's
1: he he's being paid by the minute, he's gotta drag it <laughs> drag it out, not he,
0: you know? And he thinks about it and finally turns to them and says, Yes, yes, I'll join you which I think's a good idea because he's already in the credits. <laughs> so if he said no, that would have been a really waste of money. It would
1: have been. Yeah. Yeah. And there we leave it. And then we go off for a season of uh, that.
0: Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so go on, ask the question. Is it a hit or is it a miss? Do we think that Book Rogers has been affected by nostalgia and we look at it as we are kids again? Or do we think it
1: still stands up today? Um, It doesn't stand up, no. Let's face it, it doesn't. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's rubbish, basically. But... But it's still fun, I think. I enjoyed, I, I even this, the, the second season episode that we watched, I enjoyed it. It's completely rubbish and doesn't make any sense at all. And it's so badly written, it, it, it wouldn't pass as a kid's show today, you know. But it's fun and I enjoyed it. Particularly, I, I suppose, the first season in particular. It's so 70s and it's so in your face, I would say. I mean, that, a lot of it is, it is right in your face, isn't it? It's fun. I enjoy it. And so, yeah, I think I would probably. I, I think it deserves its place, I think.
0: It's a shame I can't split it, because I would say the first season deserves a place, but the second season, not so much. Like I like the first season in the sense that, yes, I agree with you. It's not it's not great writing, but it is fun. I watched a pilot, and I enjoyed it, and I would watch it again. I like the idea of it and the setup, and I think Gil-Garrod is very good in his role, and... Uh, uh, Pamela Hensley. <laughs> but um and and, and Tweaky's funny. Mm-hmm. Some of the lines are funny. Mhm. You know.
1: I mean it, it, it's good. If you're going to compare it to something like Night Rider that that we've done previously and and a lot of the criticisms that we've leveled at Butt Rogers you could argue we've leveled at Night Rider in the fact that it right. it's not very well written and um it's a bit infantile and it's it's it's, it's very very poorly put together.
0: But, but it's science
1: fiction setting gives it other places to go. Yeah, and it makes it fun. It, at the end yeah. of the day, it's fun. Whereas, you yeah. know, Night Rider at its worst was, was dull, wasn't it? Yeah. At times, you know.
0: But the second series of Book Rogers, for me, it removes everything I find fun about the first series.
1: I would say, I would agree with you. I mean, I, I, I quite like Hawk, I have to say. I do quite like Hawk, and... Um,
0: it, Maybe you'll grow on me over the season, but yeah. I wasn't it, that
1: happy. and it's still got Buck and it's still got Wilma and and you know, Buck's still entertaining. he's a, an entertaining guy to watch.
0: You know, he knows Yeah, I think he, he carries the show. Yeah.
1: Definitely. He's
0: got whether you think he's a good actor or not, his personality carries the Yeah, through. he's, he's got know, he's, like, he's got charisma. He's got
1: charisma. Yeah, yeah, Definitely. So yeah, so you haven't said? I I, I go yes.
0: What what w I go yes with reservations. So it's a yes. It's a yes. But I probably Ooh, I thought, would never watch the second season.
1: I thought that we were going to get a split decision. That...
0: Yeah, I'm on the brink. I, I'm going yes because I do like the first season. I enjoy and it. And there's more of it's the first just...
1: season than there is of the second season. So.
0: That's true. That's true. So that tips it over. So, yeah.
1: Well, there you go. Well,
0: it's... thank you for listening to this nonsense. <laughs> 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 oh,
1: what are, you, are you thanking them for watching the show or listening to us? Because either way, it's valid. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> that brings us to the end of another podcast of retrospection well thank you for listening to this episode of retrospection and join us in our next episode when we'll be talking about scars of dracula <laughs>
1: that's my that's my, that's my okay.
0: dracula voice i thought about that <laughs> and don't forget you can find us on facebook and on twitter at retrospecky thanks for listening bye goodbye